Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, and why wouldn't you be? Who wants to pay retail? Go to RMFP.com. How are you, Mace? I'm I'm doing all right. You know what? There's some breaking Bronco news. Bring it, pal. What do you got? Remember Colby Wadman? I do. Broncos had him in for a tryout, just in case. And is he playing? Well, it depends on whether Sam Martin can test out the COVID protocol or not. Did you just really pull the breaking news card, bringing in a punter who might not play? Has it, have we really dumbed it down that much that that becomes breaking news? Well, I seriously, think it, it breaking is. news should be breaking news. Punters are an important part of the game. Punters they are, are, but we don't even know if he's going to play. Punters are people, too. So wait, if we bring in a guy on a Tuesday, I shouldn't say we, if the Broncos bring in a guy on a Tuesday, which they do all the time, just as tryouts, do we need to break in because they just brought in a guy for a tryout? If they're... Somebody who played two seasons for the Broncos before, yes. All right. That's why. It, I wouldn't have brought this up if he hadn't played two years for Denver. Of course, Tom McMahon. If he was McMahon, that good, he'd still be with the team. Well, that's like, he, he's Tom McMahon's guy. He's basically Tom McMahon's prize pupil. He's going to he, be here for one game for sure then. Maybe. Only. he's only No, he's only tried out. Right. They'll probably sign him if Sam Martin does not test negative in time to play Saturday. And so Wadmania... Could be returning. Was it ever really Wadmania? Oh, there there are some diehard Colby Wadman fans out there. I heard from them. Have you ever seen his jersey in the stands? On family members, yes. No, I'm talking about <laughs> non-family I, I presume family members, right? Because when you, like, with all respect to Jacob Bobenmoyer, long snapper. Who? Kid. Broncos, Jacob Bobenmoyer? He's been here two seasons. He's on the team now? Yes. Jacob Bobenmoyer. You see, but if you see Bobenmoyer jerseys at the stadium, and I have, almost certainly family in that instance. All right. I'll take your word so for you it. You got to support your, your, your family, you know? All right. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. More importantly, have you ever been to uh, Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center near the airport? I have. I figured you have been because I'm guessing you took Charlotte there. Yes, because they have like a water, a huge pool area, a series of pools, indoor water park, that sort of is thing. Is it worth it? We had a really good time. Okay, because I went down to the place in Colorado Springs, Wolf something, Wolf something Great Lodge. Great Wolf Lodge. Ugh. Ugh. Please tell me this place is better. It's nicer. Yeah, because it's I a mean, Marriott. The water park is smaller, Yeah, but it's a much nicer hotel. It's a, it's a much better experience is the way I would put it. And you stayed the night? Yes. Is it, is it worth 300 bucks to stay the night? 
I mean, I'm not sure it's worth 300 but... Well, I mean, that's, what, that's what they're going to charge me. Yeah, I mean, is it like just a family getaway kind of thing? No, nah, I just figured that me and I would go on Saturday. And then I would tape the Broncos game. I can't believe I'm even going to watch this. But I would and tape watch it and on watch it. tape. I'll, I'll watch it on Sunday. I mean, you're going to watch it on tape. We're going back to like 1997 here? Well, DVR. Okay. Does that sound better? That's better, yeah. All right. I just think it's... We'll talk about it more. It's, it's like, say, you know, if you're going to tape something, you might as well say that you're going to fax me the sh- some show notes every day. Okay, Elvis. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ronald Darby, Pat Sertan, out for Saturday's game. Um, Nate Harrison is going to play extensively, more than likely. Unless he doesn't play, he's questionable because of illness. They're seeing if he has COVID or not. Kyle Fuller, likely Michael Ojemudier, mm-hmm. will be your outside corners. Bryce Callahan in the slot. Kareem Jackson is also out. Could this get really ugly for the Broncos? Because I think it potentially can, because they have something to play for. And we'll talk about it uh, in the next segment. But I don't think it could have been any worse for the Broncos being moved to a Saturday. Yeah, I think it could get really ugly really fast. And in that case, it's possible that what happens is there's a cap put on the ugliness if the Chiefs call off the dogs. Why would they call off the dogs? It would have been better if the game was played on Sunday after the Titans play, after the Bengals play. But again, I'm saying there could be a reach a point where if like if they if they have like if they're up 30 to seven, then I think they call off the dogs. Okay. Like in the second half. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Kenny Young, unlikely to play, but he hasn't played recently. Right. Shelby Harris is questionable. Also illness. With that, I mean, Fangio wants to win his final game to at least be able to sit in the same room with Joe Ellis and George Payton and sell his case. It's not going to be any easier if they're 7-10. and 10. might be a little bit easier if they are 8-9. Fangio wheeled out Teddy Bridgewater when he was hurt. The Cleveland game, yep. Are you a little concerned that Fangio's going to say, no, no, we really need you to play? I mean, I, I, I am concerned, yes. Like, for example, he's off the COVID list, but Bradley Chubb has been dealing with myriad injuries all season. He shouldn't play. He shouldn't play. Cortland Sutton, don't even wheel him out there. Yeah, with the coming back from the knee injury. I, I, you know what? If it were up to me... Javante Williams wouldn't even play. Give Melvin Gordon all the carries. Because Javante let Williams. Let him is, put tread on it. Let, let yeah. him wear down his tights. Javante Williams is part of the future. I'm not, I wouldn't even do that to Melvin Gordon. This would be like, okay, I'm. Boone? Uh, You're going to throw a Boone out there? Demaria De Crockett? You know. Who? He's a practice squad oh, running back. Demaria Crockett, I, I mispronounced his first name. I'm serious. I, I didn't even know but, who he was. I, I, am I not, didn't even know you mispronounced. Like, Javante Williams has a knee injury, and he had full practice today. Melvin Gordon, thumb and hip injuries. He had full practice today. They were both limited on Wednesday. I would not have either of them out there. I would not have Melvin out there for the sake of, for his sake, and I would not have Javante out there not only for his sake but the sake of my long term planning as a team. Because the th- what is the th- what is the what is the thing that could happen on Saturday that screws you up for next year? It's having a core player get hurt in an inconsequential game where you're potentially better off losing anyway for draft. Actually, not potentially. You are better off losing anyway for draft position. If you lose and Washington beats the Giants and Washington is favored, you know what? You're going to be in the top 10. There's no reason to play guys who are part of your long-term plans in this game. None. I just don't want to hear Vic say what he said the other day. Well, we lost that game against the Chargers because we were really, really shorthanded. I don't want to hear that. 
I just don't. A lot of teams get shorthanded. Now, the Broncos are, right. but hey, their injury luck has been a bit worse this year than most. But they've played teams the only injuries. They go to Cleveland. Right. Cleveland was really banged up. They go to Cleveland, and they're down to a third-string running back. They've got injuries all, all over their offensive line and defense, and they have Case Keenum playing quarterback for Baker Mayfield. Now, Mayfield was so injured that I would say Keenum at that moment was better than Mayfield. And, and we know that Mayfield's been dealing with injuries all year long. But that was the game where they threw Teddy Bridgewater out there, even though he could barely get on and off the podium for his press conference let's, that week. Let's, let's take a hard right turn here. Baker Mayfield could become available. Could be. He could. And by the way, he's represented locally here. Yes. Uh, Tom Mills and his mm-hmm. father. Yep. You want him? If you can't get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, one year, fifth year option, one year to see if he can be the guy that, but that you're, by the way, that the Broncos organization loved Baker Mayfield in 2018. Totally different. I know. Totally different executive committee that was it, making it, those it's decisions. To, it's totally different, but at the same time. They like Sam Darnold more. Yeah. But they, they, but Mayfield, they coached him. If he would have, if the Browns had not taken him, the Bron- the, Bron- the Broncos would have been in on Baker Mayfield. This is what but I don't- again for one year. If you don't, if you really don't like this draft class in twenty twenty three and you twenty twenty two, and you say none of these guys in this group five, you know five of them are going down the Senior Bowl later this month. None of them are the answer. Then one year Baker Mayfield nineteen and a half million. Yeah. I'll tell you what I don't I'd like. I do it. I'll tell you what I don't like about Baker Mayfield. And it's ironically some of the things that I like about Baker Mayfield. He's got some moxie. He's outspoken. He's got some attitude. I like all that stuff. He holds a grudge. But the other thing is, on the flip side, he's always angry at somebody. He often the His media. wife is always angry at somebody. He's either angry with Hugh Jackson or he's not thrilled with Kitchens. And maybe he doesn't get along with Stefanski. Well, today he's now having a beef with a media member, Mary Kay Cabot, out That's there. That's right, who's one. been there for a very... She, been, she covered the team when Bill Belichick was there. Right. That's how long right. she's been there. She's an institution in Cleveland. I can understand why... You know, Baker Mayfield, along with a lot of other athletes, don't like Tony Grossi, who is a media guy who takes a lot of cheap shots. But now he's going back and forth, as you said, with Mary Kay Cabot. A true pro. Who has been there forever. He's He couldn't get along with OBJ. Now, I understand a lot of people can't get along with him. But it's always something with this guy that he's always pissed off at somebody. And I know he's played injured this year. But he just needs to shut up and play and be better as the number one overall pick in that draft. This is the thing. He's got a fire to him. Yeah. And it's a reason why, frankly, he's kept playing this year when he probably shouldn't have. It burns bright. But fire, you know, and and this is obviously hits home here in Colorado. I mean, fire has to be controlled. Well, you know what? Otherwise, otherwise it causes untold damage. At the risk of sounding completely insensitive, and I'm not trying to sound this way. When you looked at the Marshall fire, it's not as if it was just one fire that blew through. It's as if there were fires all over the place. and Because it, it, it went from one to the other to the other, and it, it basically mushroomed. Right. Yes. But, but, I mean, you could go a couple of miles with no fire, and then suddenly there's a fire here. Mm-hmm. Another couple of miles, there's a fire here. There's, there were, when you look at and the it had all video... The same, but it had all the same origin point. Correct. 
and that's Baker Mayfield. There are fires all over the place, not consistently in one spot. You have one way over here, that's Mary Kay Cabot. You have another one here, it could be Stefanski. You have another one 10 miles down the road, that's Hugh Jackson. It's even like his his wife complaining about the fans. Right. Who, by and large, had the, had Mayfield's back. If somebody put it to me today on the phone, he's like Aaron Rodgers. And I said, yeah, he's like Aaron Rodgers in terms of not being very likable and always pissed off about something. But the difference is he doesn't play like Aaron Rodgers. That's the thing. You can be that way if you are accomplishing a lot. Look, I mean, Peyton Manning rubbed a lot of people the wrong way but he had a resume to back it up right but everyone but every and everyone knew that like he was trying to get the organ get everybody better and understood that and because he'd accomplished a lot you could you could live with that that side baker mayfield with the exception of a nice burst as a rookie and last year when he got the browns to the farther than they've been in 27 year in 26 years he hasn't done enough to justify that. Coming up after the break, it seemed great that maybe the Broncos are playing on Saturday, right? For a lot of reasons. You know, it's been tough watching the Broncos this year. You can make the case, thank goodness, the season is ending sooner than later, right? Um, I think this game on Saturday is a terrible thing for the Broncos. Terrible, actually. We'll talk about it, and I'll tell you why. We'll tell you why next. <laughs> Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. Uh, he did my estate plan. He did my living will, and I could not be any happier. A buddy of mine just went to go see him last week, and he doesn't even have kids, but he does own a business. And I will tell you something. Um, whether you have kids or not, but if you have some assets, and most people do, you don't have to be wealthy to do a will or an estate plan, but you just want to have control over your own finances. God forbid something happens. You don't want the courts deciding that for you. That's why it's so important to go with Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. I really trust what he does. He asked me all the right questions. He was patient with me as well. Do something because you have no idea if there's actually going to be a tomorrow. And I'm not trying to scare you, but it's the it is absolutely the truth. And then your living will, you know, God forbid something happens to you. You don't want to live in a vegetative state, do you? Maybe you do. But if you don't, you want to say, okay, you can pull the plug. That's what a living will is. You, you don't want to be in a vegetative state, do you? If you do, then don't worry about a living will. But if you don't, make sure the doctors know what your wishes are. Go with my friend Dan McKenzie, McKenzie Law. Go to themckenziefirm.com. That's themckenziefirm.com. Time now for the buzz. 
The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Well, a couple of weeks ago, when the Broncos were still in the playoff hunt, we talked about how playing the Chiefs in the regular season finale could actually be a good thing if Kansas City had everything locked up with their seed. Right now, they could be the one seed, the two seed, or the three seed. Well, right now, they're not locked up at all. And the game has been moved to Saturday. That would have been a late game on Sunday in which the Titans would have already played and the Bengals would have already played. Maybe not, because the, the league has a habit of taking situations like that and having all the teams play at the same time. So I expect if if the Chiefs had played on Sunday, those games would have been late games. Maybe, but maybe not. Well, Almost certainly. This is how they usually do it. With that, we let's speak about what we know. The game was switched to Saturday. And honestly, um, that kind of flies in the face of that theory anyway because they're all not playing at the same time. One of those teams is not. But here's the thing. The Chiefs, no matter whether they win or lose that game, the the Titans, everybody else has something to play for on Sunday. So in other words, whether the Chiefs win or lose doesn't affect that the Titans would still still need to win. Sure. or, or because Cincinnati could potentially rise up and get the number one seed as well. And even New England has a shot. And so that was the they chose they specifically chose this game yep. because it threaded the needle of having meaning on Saturday, but not preventing the teams on Sunday from yep. having something to play for. And it, and that was literally they couldn't do that with Titans, Texans, for example. That's why Broncos Chiefs got chosen. Okay, with that, I don't know if they would have done it or not. We can make the assumption they would have, but let's say they wouldn't have. The Broncos might have had the opportunity to play a Chiefs team that wasn't going to play Mahomes and all their starters. Now all those guys definitely are going to play. Vic Fangio is trying to hang on to his job. With that, with the Chiefs playing their starters and certainly a lot of motivation to win the game, how much do you think winning the game, or I should say, how much do you think winning the game for the Broncos will play difference in whether Vic Fangio keeps his job or if they lose, they get blown out. I think it's the kind of it's less about the score, more about things you're going to detect about kind of what the effort is. And the score may indicate that. Like if you lose a hard fought thirty to twenty game, it'll it'll reflect well on Vic Fangio if we're talking about one final data point here. Data point number 49, basically, in his three years on the job. It is my understanding, and Adam Schefter reported as well, Peyton would like to find a way to bring back Fangio. But using your phrase that you just used, it's going to be like threading a needle. The backlash from Broncos country is going to be severe. I mean, it's the truth be told, the most prominent factor in determining his future, might, it might be what's in the stands. On Sunday, not what's on the field, but what's around and above. How many empty seats? How many no shows? How many of those who are there are wearing red? With that, from what I've been told by other sources, Peyton likes working with Vic. I think Vic's a good guy. I think he's a good guy. 
sure he has his shortcomings, but he's a good guy. They like working together. But at the end of the day, this is a results-oriented business. If, if George is basing his decision on the fact that he likes working with Vic, I got to tell you, uh, there are a lot of people who I would like to work with. It doesn't mean that I think we're going to get great results if, indeed, we do work together. I had a radio partner who I liked very much here at Mile High Sports. Remember, I've had enough where you can't pin it down who it is. Uh, I've been here for nearly 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I've had about five or six radio partners, which, quite frankly, isn't a lot. Considering are, are nearly you, 13 years. I was going to say, you might. It's not you. I, well, I know that, but it's, you've had so many radio partners. People are like, oh, whoa. Uh, what's next for Mace? But no, Les no, no, was no. In the, But it's it's changed. Les was in this chair a long time. For five years. Right. Right. And the only reason Pritch left is because he went to Vegas. Yes. Okay. Can't blame him. So, no, I can't blame him. And, you know, anyway, hopefully you and I are partners for a long time. Well, the I point is, this, th- this guy mm-hmm. I liked very, very much, but I dreaded doing the show with him because I had to do all the prep work. And it was mind-numbing to me. So if I had a chance to switch partners to a better partner, but somebody I didn't like as much, that's who I'd rather work with. And I think Peyton is thinking, you know what? The defense is pretty good. Maybe if I can find a quarterback, and maybe if I can find a really good offensive coordinator, this thing might work. I think the biggest problem for George Peyton is, he I don't think he has his finger on the pulse of what's going on in the locker room. Because there are a lot of guys who I don't think will be disappointed if Vic gets let go. And I'm talking about guys on the defensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the, the question that you may have to ask as you go into the go into the decision time here is what what sort of drop-off would you have? You could hire a, def, a defensive head coach like Dan Quinn. What sort of drop-off would you have if you had Dan Quinn there? Another question that maybe worth Dallas's asking. defense pretty good this year. It has been. Was the uh, defense that he uh, coordinated in Seattle pretty good? Yes. Then I really I don't have a lot of worries about Dan Quinn being but the defensive. The coordinator. Atlanta defense declined over time. He was. He was that. Well, I understand that. Yeah. And so that and that's the thing. If you're talking about him being a head coach, not a defensive coordinator, the thing that you may start asking yourself whether it's Dan Quinn or let's say you're talking about an offensive head coach that you might bring in. Do you ask yourself the question, could we upgrade at, at head, head coach and keep this defensive staff and have it be, say, 85% of what it was? In other words, is it possible that you could bring in an offensive co- offensive-minded head coach who says, Ed Donatel, Bill Kolar, Reggie Herring, Christian Parker, this staff's doing a really good job. I think I'm going to keep them intact. I don't now. I think that might make a lot of the Reggie players. Herring has been here for a long time. And Todd a Davis, a different and, and, head and look what Todd Davis was telling us about him yesterday. And look at what he and the, by the way, the job of when you've got injuries at a position and you're getting guys ready on the fly, that falls on the position coach above all. And when you see Kenny Young stepping in and playing well, Baron Browning getting up to speed quickly, Jonas Griffith stepping in and doing well, there are a lot of there's a lot of evidence that Reggie Herring has done a terrific job this year. How many head coaches has he worked under here? This is this is his third. Because that's he go, my point. He go. Bill that's Kohler, why they've same kept thing. Him. Yeah, I know that's because my point. Good, but because they're good coaches, that's right. And so you're not you going to let those guys go. They may want to walk, but I don't think you're going to let them go. 
You would incur- You're going to probably keep Munchak. You would if he wants to stay. Actually, I mean Munchak may even get a head coach interview. It might be a courtesy interview, but it, he might he might get an interview. Munchak would actually be interesting if you are based if let's say you have decided to move on from Vic Fangio, but you have a new owner coming in and effectively you're like, "Okay, we have to make a change here because this isn't working." But the new owner may want their own person in and maybe even that potential ownership change makes it difficult to get the head coach you want. Munchak might be that kind of one year, give him a shot. Somebody who's at least different, making the replay calls, making the game management calls, etc. Having done it before in Tennessee. It won't inspire anybody, but that's just where you say, all right, just we need somebody else. No, and then in that case, you, know, you, no, no, you would you. have the defensive staff back intact. I'll, I'll tell you why you don't do that, because then you face the same problem. What if Munchak isn't the answer? You bring in an offensive coordinator who could be here for one year, special teams coach. No, you're basically saying, and you're the, even though you might give Munchak a three-year deal, in your mind you're saying, this is one year. It, this is one year to figure it out. No, I understand And if that. not, then new owner does what they want. No, to I get that. But what offensive coordinator who is a hot commodity is going to come here? And well, therein lies the problem, but at least you, at least you'd be hiring from a position of saying, well, the head coach isn't in a contract here. The head coach does have a three year deal. The, the, a basic problem here is attracting coach. If you bring back Fangio is attracting coaching talent when the head coach is in his last year in his, in his lame duck. Year. Right. That's going to be a problem, and that is, and that's another thing that works against keeping Vic Fangio. Even if you shuffle the deck and say, "Okay, well, Mike Munchak is the head coach," I know that wouldn't inspire anybody, but he'd be working on a three-year deal probably, and it'd be a lot easier for him to go and say, "Hey, I got a three-year deal. Uh, I'll I can get you at least a two or three-year contract to be my coordinator." Coming up after the break, Wonderlick test. We talk a lot about that during the NFL draft. Is it effective? Can you really grade a player that way on how good he's going to be? Is it worth even keeping the Wonderlick test as part of the NFL draft? There are going to be some major changes to the NFL draft in the process of evaluating players. Not just small changes, major changes. We'll talk about that next. It's all right with me. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Okay, Mace. Wonderlick test. Everybody likes to talk about the Wonderlick test, and nobody really cares who tests really well. We just love to dog on the person that gets a six because 
in the world of sports talk radio and social media, that guy's a dummy. And we that's not true. We don't like to go on about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting a 48. Yep. You know who's um, gotten the highest score? Pat McAnally of Harvard. A punter. Yes, and wide receiver for the Bengals back in the 70s and the 80s. Very good punter, though. Yep. Got, so, a, got a 50. So with that, the NFL draft is eliminating the Wonderlick test. And I think that's actually a good thing. There are better ways to evaluate intelligence than the Wonderlick. Right. Especially uh, as we're finding out better ways of evaluating intelligence that translate to football. Right. Because, for example, it's le- it's less about being able to answer a bunch of problem-solving questions in 12 minutes it's more about being able to ingest retain, ingest retain information and then apply it into what you do on the field that's here, more important here are some of the highest scores pat McAnally, perfect 50 yeah mike mamula the workout king came out of boston college trained for the wonder like in addition to training for all the workouts and he was unbelievable and he was nothing more than a marginal nfl player and he shot up the draft board Kevin Curtis, wide receiver, scored a 48. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a 48. Ben Watson, tight end. He was good, not great. He had a 48. Frank Gore, one of the greatest running backs of all time, a 6. A 6. Vince Young, great college quarterback. He got a 6-2. That was a huge point of discussion back in 06. I remember that well. We all were here for that. Also, the NFL has issued a warning to teams that they can lose a draft pick and face significant fines if club representatives conduct themselves unprofessionally in interviews with the draft prospects. Now, you're probably thinking, unless you know the stories, well, what could they possibly ask that is so insulting? Let me give you some examples. In 2010, Miami Dolphins GM Jeff Ireland apologized to Des Bryant, who was eventually taken in the first round by the Cowboys. And Ireland asked Des Bryant whether his mother was a prostitute. I'd call that inappropriate. 2016, a guy that we just talked about in the last segment, Falcons head coach Dan Quinn apologized to Eli Apple, cornerback, because one of his coaches asked the cornerback about his sexual preference. Asked him, quote, do you like men, unquote. Right. I like to play football with men. In 2018, LSU running back Darius Geis said one team at the Combine asked him about his sexuality and another inquired if his mother was a prostitute. With that... I mean, yeah, some of these are ridiculous. Like, there there are some harmlessly funny ones. Like, one player was asked if he was afraid of clowns. Yeah. One said he was asked what kind of fish he would be. Yeah. Um, You know know what I would do? I mean... One, One scout asked boxers or briefs. Right. I mean, seriously, are you really wasting people's time? I mean, if somebody asks me that question, is your mother a prostitute? Ask me that question. I wouldn't want to ask. No, that. just ask me like you're like I'm a draft guy. Is your mother a prostitute? Well, are you interested? And do you think you can afford her? Ah! Nice. That's what I would That's say. Great. You know what? Honestly, and 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 if if a team was dumb enough to ask that question, they got kind of that kind of answer. I think they'd say, okay, we're drafting that guy. So there's going to be <laughs> a <good>. severe punishment <laughs> for any teams that ask inappropriate questions. Mm-hmm. They could forfeit a draft pick between the first 
second, third, or fourth round, that's pretty steep. Yes. And be fined a minimum of $150,000, which is nothing, if it's determined that a club representative displayed conduct conduct that is disrespectful, inappropriate, or unprofessional. Yeah, first round pick is probably literally worth about $30 million. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the it's not the fine, it's the pick. I want to read you what Benjamin Watson, a guy who scored very high on the Wonderlick test, got a 48. Yep. This is what Ben Watson said about the interview process, which he referred to as an interrogation. Mm -hmm. He said, I can remember sitting in a dark room with a huge spotlight. There's a seat there, like you're being interrogated for a crime, and all the front office staff is in the back in the shadows, and you can't see them. The guy grabbed my wrist, and he's like, I can feel your pulse, so I know if you're lying to me. Have you ever smoked marijuana? I said, no. I really hadn't. I'd never smoked marijuana. He said, I think you're lying. I can feel your pulse. Are you lying to us? And I said, no, I'm not. So for a minute, I thought I actually did smoke marijuana. And maybe I need to confess to a crime that I didn't commit. But these sort of tactics that are happening at the combine and that are not being monitored Definitely need to be done away with. I mean, that's the sort of thing that you you see in a in a in a movie, right? Right. You know, you're trying to you're basic you're badgering a badgering a, a witness, badgering a potential subject. In that case, I guess. I so mean, I, honestly, I, here's like it, he handled it better than I would have. I would have my first reaction would have been take your hand off of me. Right. Know what I would have said to him? What's your sexual preference? <laughs> oh my. And apparently, by you touching my arm, you have no interest in my mother, but, whether she's a prostitute or not. But this is the sort of thing that uh, it, the combine is a demeaning process in a lot of I mean, ways. You're standing there in your underwear. Yeah, I mean, they do, and it's the whole pre-draft process. They do the same thing down at the Senior Bowl. The players they get their they get their they get themselves measured. They're wearing underwear, and I mean, it's it's a meat market. Yeah, it literally is like these guys are pieces Cattle of call. meat rather yeah. than. Actual human beings. The whole process right. of it is bizarre, right. dis, I, I, distasteful, it's, it's, and you have and you have exactly, and you have the all the personnel people sitting there taking notes yeah. on body type. Oh, you know, oh they got you know skinny legs and that sort of thing. I would it's like crazy. to see some of these coaches taking notes with their clothes off yeah. and just tidy whiteies on because that would be embarrassing. I'll tell you what, I actually have interviewed coaches that were completely naked. How'd you like to In see arena football? How'd you like to see Andy Reid or Bill Parcells just in his tidy whities taking down notes? I wouldn't. Would you? Uh, that's not something I need to see. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. How in the world are our team? Is the NFL going to monitor this? Because to the best of my knowledge, these aren't in these aren't taped interviews. Yeah, they're not. So this is a he said he said. Right? Right. How are you going to prove it? How are you going to prove it? Because it, unless you take your recorder into the interview and surreptitiously record it. Right. But how are you going to prove it? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I don't think any player is going to do that. Yeah. How are you going to prove it? And that's the problem. How are you going to prove it? Yeah. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Sounds like the male equivalent of a job interview at Hooters. Um, but um bum And I, I worked at Twin I worked at Twin Peaks, so it's kind of the same thing. So I guess at Twin Peaks too. I gotta tell you uh, something, Danny. What's up? If you go, you know how you know you really like the wings at Hooters? 
if you're willing to go through if they had a drive-through. Other than that, don't tell me that you're going there for the wings. No, probably not. There's a lot better places to get wings. There are. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me you're going there because you really like the wings. They put too the much perfect. breading on them. I've never been to Hooters, and I would never walk in. I've never walked into Twin Peaks. Just for those reasons. Similar stuff. A uh, great sponsor of the station, though. They do a lot of a lot of stuff with us, and uh, we have some fun with them. They're on. I would there's, like to go. There's a Hooters girl on Danny Williams' show. They pick the Broncos games every week. Um, she's they, she's actually been doing pretty well this year. What's her name? Let's give her some pub. Allie, I think one of them's Allie. Allie. I think there's a couple of them that have been alternating. I don't always tune in, but I try to. I'm thinking of getting a hospice sponsor and bringing on somebody. That would be a good idea. Uh, coming, <laughs> up on just in case, coming up on Just In Case You Missed It, uh, the first tally for fan votes in the NBA All-Star Game voting is in, and uh, we'll talk about where Nikola Jokic falls on that. Also, Avalanche playing tonight. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche at home taking on the Winnipeg Jets tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, the Avalanche, they are a high-powered offense. We know that. They also give up. A decent amount of goals per game. Four goals scored for them per game. Three goals scored against them per game. The Jets, however, a little bit less. They score just under three goals a game, and they give up about 2.72 goals per game. The total is set at 6.5 tonight. Do you like the over or under in this one? I like the over. I always like the over at the Avs. Can you imagine what the over is going to be when, when McKinnon starts to score? Let's see. Last game, they had seven uh, seven total goals. Game before that, six. Before that, seven. Before that, six. I mean, Vegas knows what it's doing. They're putting because it, it's six and a half. It's right on that line. What the heck? I'll say over. All right. I'm not going to name names. Andrew and I were talking about during the break. I'm sure, Danny, you saw the Makar goal from the other night, right? And We talked about it right. yesterday on and, and you heard a lot of different guys doing play-by-play on it, right? Like three or four A guys. couple, yeah. Okay. Here's a tip to all radio broadcasters out there doing play-by-play. Listen to Vin Scully. 
He is amazing at painting a picture. When you are doing radio, you need to paint the picture for the person listening on the radio in their car. Don't use a phrase like, did you see that? Right? Give me another phrase. Some We're not going to name names. What was the other phrase somebody used? Besides, can you, do you see that? Yeah. Wow, what a move. Wow, what a move. That's not something that you should be saying on the radio. You should be describing the move. Exactly. One guy, one guy who did play-by-play for this absolutely blew it. But boy, did he have a ton of cliches. Shame on him for blowing arguably what could have been one of the greatest calls of this guy's life. And I'm done. Just in case you missed it, the uh, first tally for fan votes in the NBA All-Star Game voting has revealed that Nikola Jokic has the second most votes for a Western Conference front court player. Uh, he's only behind the one and only LeBron James. He's fifth overall in total fan votes behind Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Giannis Antetokounmpo in total votes. Is it time to let go of the Jokic gets no respect narrative? I saw you had a tweet last night about this mm-hmm. uh, specific topic, Eric. Yeah, you want me to read it? Well, if you'd like, yeah. If I, I mean, can find it. A slight lack of respect because you know what? I mean, he's still sitting there uh, behind four other players in all-star voting East and West when he's the reigning MVP. He should be le- He should be leading in votes. Well, this is what I found. Well, in- that's... Yeah. I think that's asking a bit much. It, and we all know it's a popularity contest. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying, but you know, best ideally, the best player gets the most votes. To start the second half of last night's game, Mark Jones, who's been doing this for a long time, okay, said on the air, Jokic might be the most disrespected reigning MVP in a long time. Earlier in the broadcast, he called him Djokovic, the tennis player. Who has been in the news a lot. Right. So it's understandable he might have been top of mind. Right. Well, Mark Jones doesn't do a lot of tennis. But I get your point. At the end of the day, you can't say the reigning MVP isn't getting a lot of respect and then refer to him as the world's top tennis player. I believe they're uh, supporters of one another. So They uh, are. So, so hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully, people can uh, stop making that confusion, and they can just well. Here's the thing: be themselves. They're both referred to as the Joker. True. Yep. Soft J. On both. Joker. No, I'm not. But (laughs) Jokic, Djokovic. No, but but yeah, but I'm saying they they both. But their nicknames are both the Joker. But they both have soft J's in their names. And actually, they're friends. They're from the same country. You know, but you know what I'm referencing, right? With the soft J, Anchorman. It's jogging or jogging. I'm not sure if it has a soft J. <laughs> Apparently, you just run. Wait, you're quoting a new movie? Oh, this is... Anchorman's not a new movie. It's 18 years old. No, I'm old. saying for you. Oh, I've quoted... Wow. I haven't quoted Anchorman on this show, but I've quoted it in my life. Yes. I, I brace myself for Seinfeld and Family Guy and The Simpsons. Wow, you broke out a new one. Good for you. 2022. We're off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just in case you missed it, PGA Tour action in Hawaii this weekend, starting today at the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, from a pure traveling standpoint, is golf the best sport to see the world? Tennis. If you're like, if you're playing tennis or covering tennis on a major basis, I mean, you're getting to like Tokyo, you're getting to Paris, London, New York, Australia. 
you're seeing all corners of the globe. And Monte Carlo, I mean, you're you're going to some glamorous spots if you're on the ten, on the World Tennis Tour. Yeah, I will agree with you that you have more places to see. But there isn't a place in the world you can make the case. There are, there are places in the world, don't get me wrong, a little hyperbole there. There are very few things that you can do in life that is more beautiful than playing Pebble Beach. And you get to do that four days in a row. That, to me, is truly seeing the world in its greatest creation. I mean, that one thing, I agree. That is one spot. There are a lot of golf courses And there are like some that. garden spots, but at the same Whistling time, straights? if you're covering golf, you're also covering a tournament. Like, Augusta National is a beautiful golf course. No. It's in Augusta, Georgia. I you're got go- it. You're going to Augusta, Georgia. You have the European Tour. The Hartford. What you're about going- the European Tour? They're all over the place. They, they play in all kinds of countries. Yeah. Okay, then go cover some European events. But if you're covering the PGA Tour in this country, I mean, Pebble Beach, amazing. When you go Torrey Pines, San Diego, Would you amazing. rather be a professional Hawaii. tennis player and go to the places you go or be on the European Tour, the Japanese Tour? I believe there is one similar to that. And then the PGA Tour? I think tennis on a global basis takes the travel kick. You can do all those places in golf on the European tour. Not yeah, now if you do European tour, but then you have to do European or and the PGA and the Asian. You just do one tour for tennis, and you go all over the world. That's why. Yeah, but you're inside the whole time. No, I mean, what are you talking about? You are for, you're working inside. Wimbledon, I mean, Wimbledon's outside. I understand that. The French Open's outside, unless they close the roof. The I mean, roof. Most tennis tournaments are outside unless they have a roof over the roof. Court I've been to the French one. Open. There's no roof on center court. They're putting one in. But there's I, no I one. It's like you talking about SoFi yesterday, right? I've been to the French Open. No, like they, you've been to SoFi. They're putting, there's no roof. No, there wasn't a roof. They're putting in a roof. Well, just they, like they put they a roof on the center court at the Australian Open. Just like center court and court one at Wimbledon now have roofs. Just like you have two roofs at, at the National Tennis Center in Flushing Meadow. That was Mountain High Appliance, <laughs> just in case you missed it. A lot if, of tennis talk there. If you are looking to upgrade your kitchen, you need to go to Mountain High Appliance because their sales staff can really help you out and really help you design one. You need something to fit your budget. That is totally cool, too. They can help you as well. Don't go to some big box store where somebody's selling you a washer and dryer and then a screen protector. Go to a place where they really know appliances, Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, a couple of awards handed out today at Dove Valley. We'll let you know who got them and what did Vic Fangio think about one of the award winners. I'll give you a hint. His name is Bridgewater. Whoops, that's not much of a tease, but what did he say about Bridgewater on how he played all season? Because he's not going to play for the Broncos this season again. Well, I'm not going, but it cuts me no. 